You are listening to Joygasm, a video game and movie podcast. I'm Russ, Xbox Live Toaster 360. He is Steve, Xbox Live Stevevich, and we are downright Twitter pated to have you with us on episode 106 today, January 25th, 2019. This is going to be a bit of a shorter episode. We are going to be foregoing gaming and movie news. And instead, just kind of catching up with each other before going right into our topic of the day, which is Resident Evil 2 play impressions. So, Steve. Yeah? What exactly is new in your neck of the woods? Uh, you know, I uh, was finishing up Batman Ninja, I think. Mm. From last episode, I had been halfway through it, and now I finished it. Put it back in the mail. What'd you think? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I could, I could watch it again. You think? You, you know? could watch it. I again? could watch it again. Maybe after a little time has passed by. Just so you know, I have, as I said in a previous episode, I no, have both s- versions. I have the English and Japanese. Twice to me already. Well, this is the third time you have said it. Well, I am well aware. The invitation Russ. is always extended to your ass. Hmm. I bet it is. Hmm. So yeah, I know it was it was definitely fun. I, I liked the animation and uh, the attention to detail, the sound. It was it was good. The story kind of lagged a little bit, especially the the first half. Second half it was good. They just kind of really threw everything at you all at once and mm. were like here's what's happening and here's what's. But it, it, it was it was fun. It, it was fun, Russ. I'll, I'll give it that. It was one of the most beautiful anime movies I it have was ever seen. Definitely beautiful. I will say that the the storyline, though, did stall in some parts. Uh-huh. I, for one, though, love the art direction of how they combine mm. the Batman characters with, Bat- like, the feudal ancient Ma. Japan. Like, it, that, that part was actually just a lot of fun. And the animation, like, the, the fluidity of, yeah. like, the fight scenes and that sort of thing. Mm. Like, I don't, I don't want to give away... Too many spoilers or any kind of spoilers for that matter. Good, right? But weren't you impressed by that? (laughs) Yes, that's why I said. So good. But yeah, I think that the the art direction in particular was the star of the show. I do Mm. think they they probably could have refined the plot a bit more. Right. Yes, they could have. But I'm glad that they did it. Oh, why is that? Well, I just think it's a it's create it's. Thinking outside the box, oh, you know, okay. you're being creative, and I just I like seeing characters uh, presented in a different fashion from time to time. I like seeing characters animated. Exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna ask you why you're drinking your water. What else is there, Steve? <laughs> <coughs> well, <coughs> oh. <coughs> I will not be performing CPR on you. Man. <coughs> I will not be giving you mouth to mouth. Went down the wrong tube. <clears throat> Might body slam you, though. That'll get it up. Okay. So I uh, threw that one back in the mail and got dr- the movie Drive with uh, Ryan Gosling. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to hear here. I started watching that one, and uh, that one's. That one's um, Wait, which one? It's called Drive. Drive. Oh, I never saw that, but I remember the trailer for it. It's definitely, I, I'm, I'm in the beginning still. I just started to watch it. Mm-hmm. That one's, so, so far, so good. He's kind of a mysterious character. They've, they're kind of spending a lot of time, you know, on him and not throwing everything at you. Kind of the opposite of Batman Ninja. I see. So far, so good. Uh, I also watched the movie The Way Back. The Way Back. The Way Back stars the late, great Ed Harris. And uh, Never heard of that one. Colin Farrell. Yeah, I'm not sure where I heard about this one, actually. <laughs> um, I I think I saw a pre... I, I must have saw a preview of it because I asked, I asked Dad because it seems like a real dad movie. Yeah, I was going to say, this, this is reeking of our dear old dad. But he did not recommend it. He has not seen it yet. So I don't know where I heard about this movie. I, I saw it in some preview somewhere. Mm-hmm. So anyhow, this is a movie. It, it's based on true events. So that just means it's probably about 30, 20% true. Yeah, yeah. 30, 38% true. 
<laughs> this happened somewhere on the planet in this region. <laughs> the name yeah. is correct. Yeah. That is all. Uh, they wore pants. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so these bunch of you know, random people were imprisoned at this gulag prison. And, and um, oh, I forgot where it's, where, what's that prison? It's out in the middle of the snow. Like they don't even have walls and barriers because if you leave, you're literally going to freeze to death. So they don't even try like, is this an actual place or is this yes. just a place that they fabricated for the movie? No, it's in Siberia. It's like this Siberian prison. I have no idea. Yeah. So anyhow, um, <laughs> it's this hard labor camp where that these, these folks are imprisoned and they don't have like any of these big walls to keep them in because if, if they leave, they're just going to freeze to death. So there's no reason to, you know, spending the money. Anyhow, story is of this group escaping and they go from Siberia to friggin' India. On foot. That must be cold. It must be cold. Yes, it was cold and then hot for the way they traveled. And it's, a, it's an interesting movie. Is there any frostbite? No. There is not. I'm disappointed. Uh, there was no frostbite, but bite the frost they did. Uh. <laughs> that was stupid. <laughs> uh, so anyhow, that, that movie was decent. Now, so anyway, I'm I'm progressing a little bit further in in Red Dead. And it's Are fun. you still in Chapter Six? Yes, I am. <sighs> Steve, I'm going to be dead and buried by the time you're done with that game. I'll have a lot to say about it, Russ. You know, you might as well start the game over. <laughs> you know, yeah, and I'll catch up to yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. Start the game over and then catch up, and then we'll be good. <laughs> And then I'll start the game over. <laughs> right. Play something else. So, anyhow, I finally got the last repeater rifle, which is so that kind of good for you. Tells you where I'm at somewhat because you can't buy the thing anywhere. <laughs> anyhow, mm -hmm. so that's about where I am, and I'm dying to talk about the whole entire plot because I, I love it. Indeed. Oh, and then we have to talk about the whole anthem fiasco because uh, we were gonna play it. We were we sat down, we were gonna twitch it, and the whole thing just went splat. It did. Yes, it was an unfortunate thing, but and, it, and it's actually unfortunate for me to have to say this, but I kind of expected something like this to occur and. By the time everybody hears this podcast, it's probably going to be just widespread knowledge that uh, the, the the first day for the game demo of Anthem was a catastrophic <laughs> failure. Train wreck. Yeah. I, I, I think it is cool that they did have like a title screen that was at least you could get like a glimpse of like what <laughs> the graphics fidelity is going to be like. But yeah, we got stuck on the, the title screen and after multiple attempts, we just never made it through. I think the farthest I got was I got to choose which um, voice I wanted, a male or female voice. And then I just really didn't get any farther than that. And we looked online, of course, and, and Twitter was blowing up. People Apparently people had like taken the day off from work and they were trying for seven hours or something. Didn't, didn't you find yeah. a, a tweet about that? Yeah, I found many tweets about people waiting between seven and eight hours. This person said, I, I tried to sign in, couldn't sign in, and just left it in the loading screen. I ran off to do some errands, came back. It was still on the same loading screen. Right. Continued doing stuff for, throughout his day and checking back, still loading screen. He's like, eight hours and 32 minutes later, I'm done. Yeah, <laughs> I do think that what they should have done was instead of calling it a game demo, they should have called it beta. Because if, if you remember the first time that they had a little play testing, they I believe they called it like alpha test. It was like it was in alpha, which is, you know, that's part of the, the normal production cycle of any given game. But I think it was a mistake for them to call it a game demo right now, just because they're going to have any kind of game like this where it's basically an MMORPG. It's like, it's a game that, that just has a ton of players coming in and it's a highly anticipated title. You're going to run into some kind of like 
networking issue or server issue. Who knows? But I do think it's a bit of a problem because mentally, I think all the gamers were thinking, oh, well, the game is ready to go. It's, it's coming out next month. And this is just a little sneak peek for us to play like a game demo to, to, to have hype around it. But the uh, the servers apparently were at max capacity and got overrun by the sheer amount of people trying to play it. And then um, Casey Hudson was actually on Twitter talking about how they managed to fix the issues for PC and PS4, but that the Xbox was still causing them problems, which was a bummer because that's what we were trying to play the game on. But then people were still saying once you got in the game, if you actually got in the game, that they were still glitching like crazy with yeah. like the faces right. and then the levels and like screen tears and what they should have done, not only just should they have called it a beta, but they should have said, okay, this is like this is really a work in progress sort of thing. We're, we, we're just going to try this out. You, there might be some issues. Just give us a full disclosure. And so we're not thinking of VIP access demo only, you know, this sort of thing. And then we get in there, we can't even get past tile screen. You know, I mean, that that's like way over promise, way under deliver. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not exactly sure. I, I, <laughs> I think that there are a lot of people over at BioWare who are, probably spending the night at their desks tonight, just trying to get everything fixed and, and operational. And it's just a bummer. I, I, I don't understand why this tends to be the case, especially when EA's name is attached to it. It's just bizarre to me, like how there are just these different types of fiascos or issues or whatever it is. And I just, you know, I'm not going to to dwell on that for too long just because I am very much looking forward to the game. I Like I said, even looking at the title, the title itself is just a nice sneak peek of just what is to come. And so once the game actually is stabilized and we're able to get in and, and try it out, I really do look forward to being able to talking to you about it on the show. Is there anything else, Steve? No. That's been about it, Russ. Um, not about, oh, I just you know, mobile mobile stuff. I've been playing the uh, that Skyforce R still powering up my plane. Ah, yes, I remember that one. So yeah, I know that the game was you know it's a pretty cool little shooter. I wish there was more variety in the weapons and power ups and stuff that you can get, but um, you know, beggars can't be choosers. It's a free game. Mm-hmm. I ads based, of course, which is absolutely fine. But the uh, you know. That's about it. One of the other side notes, too, is that we were originally going to have our topic of the day be our play impressions of Anthem's game demo. But since that showed us absolutely no love whatsoever, Resident Evil was able to limp its way into our arms and save the day. (laughs) It came to a screeching halt. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. What are we going to talk about? Oh, I know. RE2. Yeah. (laughs) On my side of things, I looked at the Oscar nominations... And Isn't that next week? I, I don't know when it is. I, it's coming up soon. I can never remember if it's in January or if it's in February, but it is right around the corner. When is the... Uh, oh, she interrupted you. When is the Oscars? The 91st Academy Awards ceremony is on Sunday, February 24th at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on ABC. So you it's- can get all the details at Oscars.org. There you go. Oh, wow. Awesome. That, was, that was helpful. Wow. That was probably the most helpful she's been since I've <laughs> ever owned the phone. So February 24th is when it's scheduled according to Siri. And I was going through. So first of all, um, the main thing that, that, that caught my eye was Black Panther. Black Panther has actually scored a fair amount of nominations. Including Best Picture. Exactly. I, so. I I think we actually talked about this before. I we I knew he was going to get nominated. I don't know. I don't know how I knew it was going to be nominated, but I knew it was going to be nominated. Uh, yeah, I remember you having that prediction, and you were correct, good sir. It's right there. Now I am shocked that that film got nominated for best picture, but Avengers: Infinity War did not. Uh-huh. Now it did get, um, it got nominated for best visual effects, but I think that was the only category that it was nominated for anything for. I was just floored. Yeah. So, but I'm, I was very happy to see that Black Panther has picked up several nominations. I don't really know 
if they're going to win something like best picture, I think that's kind of a long shot just because not that I don't believe it should win, but just because this is Hollywood and they tend to gravitate toward more of the artsy fartsy. (laughs) I don't even know how to really describe it, but I mean, I think, I think it is in this case, it is really cool that it got nominated just because it is a comic book movie. And I don't think any other comic book movie has ever been nominated for best picture. Right. I don't think so. Um, yeah, I don't think, I so. don't think so. I don't think that it ever has. Anyway, that was pretty interesting. And of course, you know, the rest of the, the, movies that fill out the, the nomination. I'm like, I like, I think I, the only other one I had seen was vice and <laughs> like everything else. I'm just like, uh, never heard of it. And, uh, clearly I have never seen it since I have never heard of it. Yeah. I think it's kind of funny because we pretty much watch all of these movie trailers. And then when the Oscars come out or the movie awards, whatever they go, Oh, this is nominated that I'm like, where in the world did that come exactly. from? Like, I mean, we've been looking for other trailers to see. I like to think of us as being pretty on the ball in terms of like knowing what's coming out and what has been out. And for them to like come out, I mean, there were like five movies up there. I'm like, what the, I've never heard of this anyway. I may have to to watch a couple of them. I don't know. I'll have to talk to some friends and see if anyone has heard of any of them or seen any of them. I don't know. I don't know about that, Russ. I mean, for crying out loud, Phantom Thread. Pass. Oh, I never saw Phantom Thread. You did, though. Yeah, I did. I need to watch that. What was the, the fish out of water movie? Uh, the Shape of Water. The shape. Yeah, I was going to say okay. Lady in the Water. Lady. Yeah, that was another one. That was uh, M. Night Shyamalan. Somewhere. I never saw that. Did you see it? Yeah. Did you like it? Um, It was interesting. Okay. It was, I mean, all of his movies are pretty interesting. Yeah. And what's kind of cool is that they're like not mainstream kind of movies. They're all kind of out there, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but kind of takes a certain type to appreciate. In the gaming world... I was playing Red Dead Redemption 2, just trying to tidy up some of the the missing areas. And one of the things I was shocked to find out is when you are able to get all of the legendary animals, there is no achievement. That sucks. Yeah, I was really surprised about that. I was thinking for sure they're going to have some sort of achievement that gets unlocked if you're able to, to successfully get all of the legendary animals, but... That's just not the case. There's nothing there. By the way, speaking of Red Dead Redemption again. So I was hunting, right? Providing for my crew. And wherever you are, kind of towards the north or the northeast, you hear grizzly bears. Like you hear them in the sure. background. <gasps> you know, sort of thing. Uh-huh. I'm like, I never find them anywhere. I found like a perfect pelt of something like a pronghorn. I don't know what it was. Uh-huh. I'm like, yes, I finally got one. Cool. And I threw it on the back of my horse. And all of a sudden, these grizzly bears start. I I had to escape from three grizzly bears in a row just wow. trying to get back and sell my pelts. You know, there's, uh, I don't know what you call it, but when you look in your, your log, your quest log or whatever it's called, I think they have something in there where there's like X number of close encounters with a bear. Like if you're able to, to kill the bears, it counts toward a, a certain type of unlock that you can get or, or promotion and yeah. something. I don't know if it's in the hunter class or whatever it is, but, but one, one of them I bagged and it was like right out of, I think black Panther or something, maybe even like 300 when he, when he throws that uh, spear at the beast and the beast, like, you know, falls and, 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 uh, Right Such a good feet. movie. Yeah, I know. I did that. He was charging at me. I'm like, here it goes. <laughs> like, bam! Shoot him with uh, some bolt action rifle and I one shot and capped him. He fell right at my feet. Like, man. I thought he was going to I thought Arthur was going to say something, but he didn't. Nicely done. Thank you. Now, of course, when we were doing our twitching earlier this week, we were playing Overwatch. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And that was yeah. a lot of fun. As it was the week before. It was. And I, th- I would say this time we... Well, what would you think? What, we won like 50% of the time, lost 50% of the time? Yeah, we, yeah maybe 50-50. I thought we did a little bit better than, than 50-50. Um, yeah, maybe a little bit better. Maybe 60-40. We had some decent people with us this time, though. You, 
And Overwatch's past, we've always been with some randoms who are just, you know, goofing off somewhere. And we're always asking, where is everybody? Yeah. yeah. So, but the last couple times we've played, we've been with uh, good folk. We have indeed. It's been a lot of fun. You know what I want to do? I have not seen this yet, but I keep hearing good things about the Bumblebee movie. Do you have any interest in seeing that with me? I might. I'll see it when it comes on on DVD. I've heard really good and really bad stuff about it. Okay. The latest trailer really makes it look good, but it's all marketing, Ross. say let's segue right into our topic of the day. Does that sound yeah. like a plan to you? So bright and tricky. Did you hear that, Steve? Ah, I heard something. A little squeak of a floorboard. Maybe a bang on a window. Yeah. Oh, it just, it just got through the window. Okay. You deal with that, please. Yeah, let me, uh, let me get, this, get this out of here. Oh, hey, wow. how you doing? Are you okay? Oh, oh, it. Oh, looks like it. It slumped down to the floor. Well, that's good. Okay. It's uh, it's it's uh, it's juicy and um, colorful. Stinky. Looks like Kool Aid. It does. <laughs> Only I don't think it's Kool-Aid. It's probably not Kool-Aid. No. Well, our topic of the... Uh, hold on a second. He's still kind of twitching a little bit. Something. I think he's here. getting <laughs> up. Hold on a second. Here, uh, hold on. Man, make him into Swiss cheese, why don't you? I get a little excited. Do you think... Do you, do you think he's dead? I think he's dead now. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, our topic of the day. Look. He just turned his head at me. Okay. Can you please do something about this? Okay. Literally, like, just brain matter everywhere. He's a fountain. There is no way. No way. He's getting up. Roman candle. I think he, I think he put in the <laughs> towel. Threw in the towel? Yeah. Our topic of the day, in case you could not figure it out, is our play impressions of Resident Evil 2, which just got delivered to us today. And boy, oh boy, has it been a fun romp through thus far. It, it just, it, I just have to say before Steve launches into uh, his um, observations and uh, experiences with the game. I absolutely love having the two of us on the couch and watching, you know, in, in the past, just so our listeners know, we used to do this thing where Steve would play the Resident Evil series way back. Um, I think the first Resident Evil came out in the PlayStation 1. And it was, it was just one of those fun things where that was like your series. That was your game. And I was just happy to just sit on the couch with you and just be able to get scared with you at times and then just laugh at times and make voices and that sort of thing. And I must say, like, just being back in the world of, of Raccoon City and, well, I should say technically it's a city of Raccoon City because it's a city. <laughs> but just being in the world of Resident Evil. Um, is just, man, it's, it's so fun to be able to like sit next to you. And I, and I could tell that we're like where we are just sliding very naturally back into how we were back when we were teenagers. But anyway, I just had to get that out. Steve, you being the Resident Evil fan for so many years, and now you being able to play a remastered version of Resident Evil 2, I would love to hear what you think. Well, all the scare is back. I, it uh, is definitely my back. Gosh, I mean, the the few Resident Evils that I've played after two, like you know, three, uh, four. I think Code Veronica. I loved Code Veronica um, on Dreamcast. Yeah. So, and then beyond this, the scare has definitely gone down. You you start to expect what's going to happen, and of course, it happens, and whatever, whatnot. But 
Um, so <laughs> with the technology they have nowadays and all the, the non-static backgrounds they can use. Plus, Resident Evil 2 was a, was a worthy sequel. It was definitely very, very it good. It was. I remember Resident Evil 2 just... Well, first of all, the first Resident Evil, it really introduced some novel game mechanics that had not been explored before just because back in that time, around right around like 1995, you had this this kind of exploration with developers with 3D. Like, like the whole polygonal world was a very new concept just because all the, de- all the different developers, you know, they were working more with sprites and a 2D world. And so it was really neat to be able to see, okay, how did they go about this? And so you had a lot of, like, I think all the spaces were just like these pre-rendered pictures. Right. And the characters were the the 3D objects that lived in these these different pictures, basically. And they, they, you know, they kind of, (laughs) they created collision detection around like tables and chairs and desks. And they they ended up having almost like this multi-layered Photoshop file of the background that you could like kind of navigate your way through. But it was very clever in its approach because it just looked so gorgeous for its time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what Final Fantasy VII used too. And that was breathtaking. I remember there's desktop wallpapers you can get of the of entire I remember that levels yeah. of like Midgard and stuff. Yeah, I mean, it was they they used what they had at the time, but it it was fantastic. Yeah, I, I really did enjoy that. And I think with Resident Evil 2, they continued that approach, right? Like you still had the pre-rendered backgrounds. They did. Uh, you had more animation stuff happening, though. It wasn't just, uh, you know, like the, your, your character and zombies or sure. zombie dogs. But they had some <laughs> actual stuff happening within the, the background itself, too. So, Which one was it that where they actually started to introduce more of a polygonal environment? Um, that might have been by the third one, if I'm not mistaken. I might be mistaken, but I think by the third one, they they have they didn't do the uh, the pre rendered backgrounds anymore. I just remembered how in the the first and second games that you anytime you went to a different door, like like you had a black screen and you had just the door coming at you, and it was like the loading screen for right. the next room. Yeah. And like sometimes if there was a lot of stuff to load, like the door would take a while to for the doorknob to yeah. turn and open. Yeah, like is it opening? It must be a heavy door. <laughs> Something must be behind there. I'm blocking it. Yeah, exactly. But with this one with, with the remaster, we haven't come across that, have we? Like we, uh, we just walk through the door. Yeah, we just walk through the door, which is which is good. I mean, if they still had that in there, people would roll their eyes. Um, one thing I, I wish they didn't have though was, you know, some of the puzzle stuff got redundant in Resident Evil's past, where you had to find a square shaped crank, mm-hmm. and then you had to find a diamond shaped crank just lying around somewhere, and then that would solve three puzzles for you, or. Certain medallions. I mean, only in Raccoon City do you have to find three medallions in a police station that also needs to go you know, clover-looking locks and spade-looking locks. You know. You, so let me ask you this though: random stuff. But do you like that though? Do you like how that's that they they still m- maintain that in the series? Um, I, I think it's fine. I mean, it 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 makes it nostalgic, I guess, you know, looking back like, ah, yeah, that's what it used to be. Okay. You know, I, I could take it or leave it really, but it, it kind of makes me smile. Like, ah, memories. <laughs> yeah. Like that's how kind of I am too, where, where it's more of a nostalgic thing. I, I really enjoy seeing that. And I think in, in today's world, being older and everything else, we're, we're much more of a mature gaming audience. And so it does seem kind of goofy that like, oh, you have a, a key that like on, on the uh, the handle side is shaped like a club and you have to find one that's a spade. And, right. and just those things are kind of goofy. But at the same time, I'm glad that they kept that. Right. I think I think it just be once again, just because it's nostalgic. Uh, I, I don't think it would be 100 percent Raccoon City without it. <laughs> I don't remember the knives wearing down as much. Um, I know you had some stuff. I forgot if it was a two or three, but you did have little things that you can, uh, if, if you got attacked by a zombie, like you had a flashbang grenade, for example, that you could like shove it in its mouth when it was trying to bite you. I remember you. that, yeah. Yeah, I forgot if that was on two, but but uh, anyway, it's on this one, but it's surprising when it said, 
oh, you have a, a, a meter of damage on your knife that will start to degrade the more you use the knife. And I thought, mm, must be some acidity in those <laughs> zombies to start wearing out that knife because you would have to really leave that out in the rain and rust and whatever and whatnot. Yeah, I think they just want to maintain that sense of tension. Yeah. Where everything is finite. Yeah. You really have to be careful how you take on certain situations. And what's cool, I have noticed that there has been a, a really nice balance to your discovery of bullets. Right. And I think that's pretty cool how like I've watched and you're, you know, you're a seasoned player with Resident Evil. So you're used to just how the zombies tend to respond and how they have certain ways that they lunge at you and that sort of thing. And so you're, I would, I would say you're like 90% accurate with your shots, but yet you're still, I could tell like your bullets are getting low, getting low to the point where either you're totally out or you only have maybe five left, but then you'll turn a corner and you'll see some area that has more bullets. And so I, I do like, I feel like they have found just this really nice sweet spot that allows you to just, once again, like it keeps you on edge, but it's not unfair. Right. One thing I wish they would do <clears throat> is let you interact with your environment a little more. Because certain stuff that you can walk by. <clears throat> you You're can, not turning, are you, Steve? No, I might be. I know he's probably nibbling on my ankle by now. <laughs> Freaking ankle biters. <laughs> ankle biters. So some of the chairs and stuff you can move by and they'll make a, a you know, on the mm -hmm. ground, you're like, whoa, that's, that's cool. And then there will be like in that, that first level where you're in the, the police station, uh, you'll walk past a bunch of those desks and then they'll all be static and not moving. And they'll just be there. Right. And I'm like, ah, I wish you could still kind of move them around because what would be interesting is, if the zombies were coming at you and you can kind of, you know, move these desks around to try and sure. make some sort of obstacle that they would have to get around. Create like an obstacle course. Yeah. Especially if you were out of bullets, you know, and you had to use your knife or something and you didn't want to wait till the zombies right on top of you. There was that one moment that you were in like the, the police office. Um, well, let me rephrase that. It's more of like one of the offices that existed in the police department. Right. And there was a zombie police officer that was lumbering towards you. And I don't think you had any bullets at that point. But what was interesting was that you had one of the clerk's desks between right. you and it, and it started to crawl over the desk, which yeah. I thought was really cool. That was cool. And then it was cool because obviously the, the developers had thought about how do we make this more realistic? Because I think in the, the older games, they just kind of mm. turn slowly and then yeah. make their way. They're trying to <laughs> trying to find their way or like, like path find you. Uh, but, but what was also cool too, is that you can strategize that where you'll probably have other objects that are similar in height and size and stuff that you could use to your advantage. So that way, if you just don't want to go through a bunch of bullets, like if you walk into a room and there's like 10 zombies, there are probably ways that you can negotiate past them. Right. The graph. <clears throat> oh man. I'm, I'm going to have to get you. <clears throat> you're lucky, Steve. I have some, some green herbs with me right here as well as a spray. Herbs or herbs. I, I never know <laughs> how to pronounce that, but herbs or herbs. I don't know. Speaking of which. Tomato, I, I, tomato. I don't know. I still don't know why you couldn't just give the police officer a little bit of first aid health spray, maybe heal him, prolong his life for a little bit, you know? Well, I think that's what those sprays are, right? Yeah, well, I, and I know, but that dude's going to die. I, he, oh, he, are, he's going to die. Are you talking about the lieutenant? Yeah, the guy. Oh, uh, yes. Well, he he does have quite the mortal flesh wound to true. the abdomen. I'm not yeah. exactly sure if a spray is going to help that. I think <laughs> yeah. he's probably missing like part of his <laughs> kidney or something. I uh, got some band-aids. <laughs> um, well, they ought to have some like, I don't know, whatever. Anyway. They're only good for your pinky. Yeah. <laughs> I could cut my finger. <laughs> Here, eat an herb. <laughs> That'll heal it right up. <laughs> You'll be surprised. <laughs> Five seconds. So uh, the zombies look really good. Yes. I have been very impressed with the graphics engine of this game. We never played that um, other Resident Evil. Um, it's that first person one that came out last year, was it? Seven. Yeah. We played the demo and that was about it. Yeah. That's... We'll have to, to get you to play that too because, I mean, it's from the same company. Yeah. Yeah, no, that one that one took a different take on it because you're 
you're in first person. Yeah, you're in first and, person. You're kind of like in like a Manson family home or whatever. Right. And I don't know. I, I think it's it's going to be a bit different. I mean, overall, it got good reviews. It got yeah. decent reviews. I do think that Resident Evil 2 Remastered probably got higher reviews than right. that one. But I do think it'd be fun to, to watch you make a romp through uh, for that one as well. Especially now that I have the Xbox One X, we can really see. Right what all the, the hubbub was about. But uh, my goodness, like the, the graphics on this, it really, first of all, the animation is super fluid. And I think you have the environments to thank for that. Kind of to your point, there's a lot that you just cannot interact with. It's just kind of there for, for a set decoration. But I think since they don't have like a lot of physics in the game, that sort of thing, they it allows them to really pump up the frames per second because you're everything we're watching, whether it's like a cutscene, which is, I mean, it looks to me like they're not doing any kind of pre-rendered cutscenes. It looks like they're using just the same game engine to to show this stuff. And also, like when you're when you're in battle and and or you're just moving around or whatever, I mean, it's it looks like it's sixty frames per second. I mean, it's it's definitely super smooth. Right. And I think that's really nice. Also, the 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 facial animations, you know, the the facial rigging has been really well done for all the characters, and even the grotesqueness of the zombies is on another level now. You right. look at it and it, what, what's crazy is that I recently was looking at some of the, the cut scenes from the original Resident Evil game and it, it just, it looks so crude and blocky and like just, like, it, like you look at, I mean, before it's day, I remember yeah. we were like blown away right. at like what right. we were looking at and now I look at it, I'm like, this is, this is terrible. Oh, well, Yeah. It's just crazy though, like to, to to see like how far we've come, and it got me thinking too. Like, man, like the, these games clearly, as time goes on, are going to they're going to become more realistic. They're going to have even better graphics fidelity, and I found myself wondering, will it cause a certain number or percentage of gamers to to shy away from certain games that are like in the survival horror genre. I don't know. I, I think I just, I, I find myself wondering about that because there are certain games like I was playing condemned a while back and that was one of the scariest games I ever played by monolith. And I remember getting the sequel because I beat the first one and I actually couldn't continue playing it because it was just too disturbing. And of course that game is dated by comparison to, to what we have available now. But I don't know. What do you think about that? Do you, do you think that that if games were to become too realistic? I mean, imagine like you're playing another Resident Evil game that comes out in, I don't know, 10 years from now. And we're like at one or two generations into the, the, the next gen of systems and what their capabilities are. And, and, it, and it gets to the point where really, I mean, it just it just looks like real life. I mean, like, is that something that, that you think that you could still stomach? Uh I don't. I don't think so. I games are supposed to be <laughs> enjoyable. You know what I mean. And at some point, if it, if it just looks too real, it, and it's harder to kind of separate it, yeah. especially because VR is getting better and better as well. Right. I saw this episode. This is kind of linking the two here, but I saw an episode of Black Mirror where they had this real high tech VR, and they put this guy in this situation where you know, they implanted this chip in his head. And so he's in the room, the room is real, but the chip in his brain is faking him out as to, um, stuff that he's seeing or hearing. Mm -hmm. And he knows it's fake, but the stuff is so real. Like you'll see a spider with a bully's head on it, come up at him like out of nowhere. Really? He, yeah. And he, but he, but his, his brain starts having a harder and harder time separating it. And that's when it doesn't get fun. You're like, okay, I'm done. I, I it's too stressful. I got to get out. See, I think that there are certain games, certain genres that work out well for that. Like, like a racing game, for instance, right. excuse me, when you're, um, in like some formula one car or whatever, and it gets more and more realistic, it's like, man, this is, this is really cool. Or if you're playing like some sort of like action adventure game, I think that could also be super cool. But I don't know. I think that when it comes to survival horror, I, I just I wonder. Clearly, you're you're still going to have 
um, a percentage of the gamers that just will, will, they will love to play it. That's like their bag. Yeah. To them, it's no different than if they were to go see like a, a horror movie or something. But I, I do wonder for, for those of us who maybe we dabble in it here and there, but we're not like these hardcore fans, will we be losing interest because it's just too real? I think that if they did let me use the environment more or they said, oh, you know, here's a machete that's not going to, you know, uh, wear out on you if you just slice and dice five zombies, you know, <laughs> or, you know, different wind effects or like, for example, I think the one of the spots that I stopped was I had to find a crank to uh, uh, turn off the, mm-hmm. the valve this, for this gas that was coming out or, or, or uh, hot steam or whatever it was. Yeah. And, but that steam still looked, you know, it, it could definitely be improved. It didn't look terrible, but it did, it definitely had room to improve. Yeah. Or, I mean, different environmental effects that definitely could have been improved. I think if they, I, they could definitely get better and it would still be fun, but when they make it too real, which probably would have to incorporate some other technology, then mm. it, would, it wouldn't be as fun because your brain would feel stressed. I have noticed that some of the the Japanese developers, they have similar looks to their games. Like when I'm watching Resident Evil 2, for instance, I found myself actually thinking about Metal Gear Solid Phantom Pain. Hmm. And it was, the, of course, the, the last game that Kojima was working on with um, Konami, I believe it was, right? It's Konami, yeah. And um, just looking at it, or even thinking of Death Stranding. Death Stranding has... Um, you know, I haven't played Death Stranding, of course, but just from the footage I've seen, there's also a kind of similar vibe to the graphic style as right. well as just the way that the motion capture has been implemented into the game. I don't know. I find that fascinating how like you, there there is something that's there that is very similar. And I mean, it's it's the same as when you look at Western developers. Oftentimes you'll have them using the Unreal Engine and even though they're able to have their own art direction and approach to how they're, they want their game to look and feel there is some kind of like subtle thread that binds them all into the kind of a, a similar category of sorts. Yeah. But I will say though, that the scare has come back. I was just about to ask you because after playing quite a few of the resident evils and having other games come out, where, you know, you, you start to expect stuff to happen and, you know, the Silent Hills and the, what was it? The, the game that we were playing before the evil within, evil within, um, even like the left for dead stuff. You're like a zombie, zombie, zombie. Okay. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. But now I, I don't really know what to expect. And I know there's zombies, but I don't know what's around the corner and the lighting is a lot better. And oh the my sound, goodness. The sound is definitely been improved yeah and so I, everything is just super juicy and yeah <laughs> but i mean this is like this was the first time in a long time where i actually yelped and yelled and you definitely did like the, there was a moment where um and it's not really a spoiler because it's so early in the game but but there was a, a moment I mean, maybe we won't talk about it because it's so new it just came out today that was uh, unexpected, and it was so funny. I mean, you straight up yelled like just so loud. I think that I don't. I don't. You know what? Honestly, we're gonna have to go back and watch the video on Twitch because we were we streaming it. Yeah, we were streaming it. Normally, we only stream our gaming adventures on Wednesday nights, but we decided to just get, sign on to, just for the the fun of it since we were playing Resident Evil and. I mean, if for nothing else, because we were anticipating that there would probably be some of those scary moments that'd be really funny to, to record. So you can definitely go to twitch.tv slash joygasm TV. It's all one word, J-O-Y-G-A-S-M TV. And you can find uh, the clip that we were playing. It, it was about 63 minutes or so, but <laughs> we ought to play it on the show. <laughs> Maybe at some point, I don't know. Play it on the show? Yeah, stream it in. Pipe it in there. Oh, sure. I don't know. Maybe. Don't maybe know. maybe uh, play a couple minutes or something. You know, yeah. Just to see what, what's going on. <laughs> Although, I mean, we'll, par- we'll probably be playing that on next Wednesday's stream. Like when we actually get on Twitch and we're, we're doing some some live streaming. We got we to keep going through the Resident Evil adventures. We might have to put some sound deadening on the doors and stuff. Because if I yell like that and your daughter's asleep, then I'm going to get the... The, uh, <laughs> the wrath of the wife. Yeah. 
I know it was so funny. Well, and I, I just have to say, hearing you yell like that totally brought me back to back in the '90s when you were playing these games. Because there were times where you totally would just just scream in the house, and it was the funniest thing. <laughs> <laughs> just to go through all that. And so being able to be full grown men approaching their <laughs> yeah. approaching 40, uh, being able to still yelp and scream like that on the couch together. I mean, that, that's, I think that's part of the magic of the resident evil series. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I would say so. What else do you like about it? Let's Is see. there anything that you don't like about it? Um, well, not so much. I mean, beyond the, um, uh, the environments. I, I kind of wish they, you know what they, it seemed like they took a step back with, with, uh, with, what's was his name? Leon. Yeah. Leon and Claire. Yeah. It seems like they made him younger. I'm trying to remember the, how the sequence played out in the beginning of the movie. It seems like he's, I mean, he, he's a rookie cop, but it seemed like he was a little more confident in the first resident evil two, as opposed to the remake. Hmm. Um, but the more I think about, remember that the beginning sequence with the truck, yeah. I remember that whole thing happening, but it took me a minute. Oh, you do? so okay. long. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to have to YouTube that whole opening sequence again. I think the reason why Leon looks younger to you is because you were younger when you were playing Resident Possibly. Evil 1 and 2. And so, I mean, I think Leon has always been a character that was probably around 20 years old, 18 yeah. to 20 years old. He's a rookie cop. And now that you're older, you're you're no longer in your 20s, Steve. <laughs> you're looking at this young whippersnapper <laughs> thinking, how on earth can this child yeah. wield a weapon and survive? Like, how come he's carrying such a small pistol? What's wrong with him? <laughs> he needs a shot. Anyway. That's why he's only carrying a nine mil. Why didn't he carry a 45 cal? Ah, come on, Leon. Maybe. Grow a pair. Maybe you'll be able to... <laughs> Find some more heavy-duty weaponry. Yeah, I think... I forgot if it was this one. Actually, I think it was one and two. Don't you have, like, a grenade launcher or flamethrower or something? I don't think you have a... I don't... Honestly, I can't remember, like, which Resident Evil you get certain weapons in. You you had a... I know you had a flamethrower in the first one. I forgot if you had a flamethrower in the second one. The first one, you had to use the flamethrower against the snake. Or the moth or oh, something. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. The first game you had that huge python or yeah. something. I mean, that was random. Yeah. I'm telling you, after this, you need to YouTube up some of the, the footage from the first Resident Evil. I will. It will blow your mind how ancient that thing looks. And it's just crazy because back in the day when we were playing it, it was state of the art. Well, the cutscenes were really well done too. But I remember they had to like really shrink the screen sure. it wasn't a full screen or yeah. even widescreen it was like the size of a five by seven picture i do really love how um there was that that change up how in the first resident evil they actually used um, full motion video right but in the second one they made they made the switch to 3d pre-rendered cinematics which i thought was a really good move and i remember resident evil too just that that game has always stood out to me as just kind of one of the pinnacles of the 32-bit era. And, the, I mean, just the whole approach to the the pacing, the right. story, the graphics, right. the fact that they introduced two characters that you could play as. I like the relationship between Leon and, and Claire. There was, I mean, that was, that was a great game. It Capcom was. knows how to make a good zombie shooter. There you go. Did you have any concluding thoughts? Well, I liked how... I. I when you touched on the full motion video versus the the 3D cinematics, man, I can't remember a game that actually no, I can remember one game. I'm kind of digressing here, but uh, there was a there was a, like a Sherlock Holmes. It wasn't Sherlock Holmes, but there was one good game that had full motion video where the acting was good, and even though the props were cheap, the the acting was fantastic, and the whole game was was full motion video. Everything else that I can remember. Like everything with full motion video was terrible. It just like just sucked. every game that had oh, FMV. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's just, it's just the the problem when you have low budget productions like that, and they it almost be got kind of notoriety <laughs> just because those were so corny that like I know for me. Not for every single one of them, but there were certain FMV games, like for the Sega CD, for instance, that I um, I just had a, like a guilty pleasure. It was just fun to play. 
but yeah, it, we've come a long way since that that time. But I mean, that was that was the the cutting edge back in the day. I mean, yeah. the, the all the the games were making the transition from being cartridge only to CD, and now they're on Blu-ray and even digital download. I mean, it, it's amazing how far that everything has come. Yeah, I think it was actually. Yeah. Even on PC, if you had a full motion video, even if it was like the size of a silver dollar. Right. You're like, oh man, that's clear. Dude, it's video. It's like, it's like video on my computer. And it has CD quality sound. <laughs> yeah. A little quick time. So did you have any uh, kind of uh, leftover concluding thoughts about like what, what your hopes are for this game mm. or what you think of your playthrough experience so far? You're about an hour into the game. Uh, hour and a half, Ross. Uh, well, okay. Hour, hour and 32 minutes. Sure. So I thought it was 63 minutes, which is an hour and three minutes. Yeah. Well, we, the, I hope, the, well, the lighting is, is good, but it's starting to strain my eyes walking everywhere <laughs> in a, with a freaking flashlight. Uh-huh. Uh, so was I, the game like the whole game in the, the, the police department or do you, do you ever get to, to walk around outside into the city again? Well, I, I know you, you walk, I forgot where this was, but. You do walk a little bit in the city. I remember going into a gun shop. Okay. Um, but I think the, the the police department is like the big gateway, or maybe like you get underground in Raccoon City and and get somewhere. Okay. Um, but yeah, there, there's other places. Maybe there. you spend quite a bit of your time in the police station, and then yeah. you eventually make your way out. Right. Yeah. So. Well, that wraps up this episode of Joint Guys, and make sure you tune in next week when hopefully. We get to talk about the Anthem game demo. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you enjoyed this episode, we invite you to check out patreon.com slash joygasm and consider becoming a monthly contributor. You'll get exclusive perks and early access to the show. Not to mention it really helps us continue doing what we love to do. Also, you can follow us on social media and YouTube. Just do a search for Joygasm TV. In addition to iTunes and Android, you can listen to our podcast on TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, Spotify, and SoundCloud.com com slash joygasm tv last but not least search joygasm tv on twitch to see us stream our gaming adventures live every wednesday night at 9 30 p.m central time and of course we will be doing that next week and who doesn't want to hear steve scream like a little girl <laughs> we'll see you next week bye